Hey Jesus Time family, welcome back. And I'm so, so happy you're here. I'm your host, Gisela Lou, and we are going to talk about what Jesus tells us in our times with him. And you guys, my face hurts from smiling because... <laughs> Because of the guest we have today, um, her name is Emma. Last name optional because I, <laughs> you know, I never know how much should be revealed. But um, this girl is such a lover and obeyer of Jesus Christ, who's mission minded, but also highly relational and low key. And like, I, I, anyway, she's kind of the perfect woman. So. Um, I'm so happy to have her here. So, Emma, you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> hi. Okay. So, uh, can you start off telling us what your job is and what you do in your job? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, I work for the Navigators. My specific role title is Edge, which just means that I'm in my first two years of staff training. Um, so, that's my specific title. It's Edge? Edge. I like edgy, mm-hmm. but without the Y. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's cool. Right. And it's like an acronym, technically. But they are. We are. <laughs> But yeah, what I do, yeah, so I work with the navigators and I do that full time. So I lead uh, Bible studies for women. I like disciple women. Mm. Um, we do lots of student, uh, like meeting student, like leader training. And mm. we do like outreach on campus. Um, and then we hold like large uh, group, like weekly gatherings and mm. things to like worship and like do a message together. And all that good stuff. Amazing. And for the, I don't know, like 5% of the population that doesn't know <laughs> what the navigators oh, is. Yeah. Um, can you explain what that group is? Because I love the Navigators. Me too. Uh, the Navigators are a, a Christian campus ministry that mm-hmm. uh, focus on discipleship and evangelism mm-hmm. on campus. And mm-hmm. so um, the goal is just, yeah, to come into campuses and um, to focus on individual relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that lens of discipleship and like interacting one-on-one and reading the Bible with people one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, people can know the fullness of the gospel and not just come to Christ you know, through like a single sermon and mm-hmm. then be dropped off and, you know, have to figure out what it looks like to actually follow Christ on their own. Right. Um, but there's that like relational, like follow through. Mm. Um, so yeah, starting with evangelism and then going through discipleship. And so, um, and Navigators has exploded in the last, you know, many years. And yeah. So we're at a lot of campuses in the States and like in internationally. Um, yeah. My gosh. I love, I literally have goosebumps. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And, to be in such a key place. I feel like college campuses are so strategic because the world and academia definitely has ideas about how our young people should be thinking and living. And most of the time that's not um, how God wants them to live and the freedom and the joy that God has for them. So that's really cool. I'm so excited that you get to do that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I also know that, um, you have had a lot of sweet Jesus time personally with you and Jesus. And I don't know, sometimes when you're in ministry, that can be harder mm-hmm. because you're always pouring out. Uh, and so you really need that Jesus time to get filled up. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear about what Jesus is telling you in your times with him. Mm-hmm. And I also specifically want to hear about what he has shared with you about your struggle that you're so brave to talk with us about and even what you communicated at the seminar you taught at about this struggle. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, for Jesus Time recently, um, mm-hmm. I I really love, like, this season of Easter. And mm. I feel like that um, a couple of years ago, I realized that I never actually, like, 
really press into personally. Like, you know, when you grow up in the church, sometimes it's really easy. Like, yep, Jesus died on the cross and then he resurrected and woo, and then you move on and that's kind of right, like, right, yeah. yeah. Um, but so a couple of years ago, I like really wanted to like focus on like what that meant for me like personally, and so um, I recently have like been going through like a, a different devotional, like reading through like um, the life of Jesus. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to like finish up like on Good Friday and then read through like the crucifixion and then finish off by like reading about the resurrection on like Easter Sunday. Um, and I feel like through that this year, yeah, the Lord has just been showing me so much about um, like different parts of his character that I feel like you just can never fully understand like the fullness of all of his character but like how purposeful he is in everything that he does and how like you can't ever like read through a gospel you know I read through Matthew and like you read through it again and then you see something else you know and especially when you're like going through and and looking for things and intentionally like studying that it just has been like really sweet so I've been really enjoying just seeing how I think this season has mostly been seeing how every single thing that he does like in his like when Jesus was walking on the earth he did like super purposefully but also it's like not just to complete one purpose but to like complete multiple purposes Yes, yeah. he never just does one thing. Never one thing. Ooh, I was yeah. talking to someone about that recently. Mm. Wow, so that aspect of God's character in your Jesus time has been yeah. an encouragement, a comfort to you. Yeah, okay. definitely a comfort. I think mm. my life has just been very crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> very crazy lately. And so it just has been really sweet to know that, like, not only, like, if I can come up with, like, one really cool reason why the Lord might be doing something, there's probably thousands of others, you know, and that's just like such an encouragement to know that he doesn't just like, isn't just using this to teach me just this one thing, but like to like, he like they talk about in the New Testament, like the, to complete my joy and like to make that like full picture come about. Yeah. Which I feel like in reading Matthew, like Matthew's Mm. like main like purpose and focus is so that people will understand that Jesus is the Messiah, that that's like the main thing he was like driving, you know? And so, like, when you read the, yeah, the Gospels and see, like, all of those purposes, and then you just read it from the frame that, like, Matthew intended it, but yeah. then also the ways, other ways that Jesus meant for it to yes. be, and, like, however Gospel speaks to the different purposes, too, mm. I feel like it just is, like, revealed so much of, like, I could never even understand half of, like, what the Lord is doing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I have goosebumps because I... <laughs> One of the, my favorite things is hearing other people's Jesus times because I get to know God better. Mm. And I love that picture. And even how you're saying your life is crazy <laughs> and you always try to figure out, well, what is God doing? Mm-hmm. But then it's more than that. And you just your explanation reminding me of this quote. Um, if you kind of think our life as masterpieces, right? He's the mm-hmm. artist. And the quote is something like, um, to make a beautiful portrait sometimes you need to use really dark colors. Mm. Isn't that such a, I don't know, it just helped me to to understand maybe this season is hard or this one thing is really hard, but God's not done and I have to trust him that this is necessary. Mm. As you said, so my joy might be made full. Mm-hmm. So, man, Emma, oh! <laughs> I know we just started, but I'm going to have to have you back. <laughs> oh, all right, and so... um Man, that's really exciting. So uh, moving on about uh, your Jesus time, I guess that happened 
maybe all last semester or all is <laughs> ongoing, ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are welcome to share as, as much or as generally or as specifically as you are comfortable. I'll just see if things have been ended. Um, I know there was a struggle that you had that Jesus spoke into and is helping you with. And you sh- got to share about that in a recent um, retreat or seminar, I mm-hmm. guess. And so I was wondering if how much you'd be comfortable sharing with us and how Jesus helped you with that. Yeah, I can, I'm fully open. I can share whatever you feel. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That that helps so many people. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Do you want me to just like tell the whole story or like what that's been like recently or like, you you know, um, the whole story works if you're comfortable just because I feel like it's in our struggles that we connect with people. Mm -hmm. And when I think when people see, oh my gosh, yes, I still struggle with that. And then they see how Jesus helps us through it. Not how we used willpower and right. overcame and yay us, because that's never encouraging, because we don't have willpower. I, I mean, I don't. So that, that I think, would be really helpful. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. I'm going to do this so I can uh, be a little smaller. This will help me keep, if I read notes, then it helps me yeah, that's stay fine. on track. <laughs> Understood. And I've never written that story. It's much all these years. Um, but yeah, it takes a, a little bit of uh, backstory, I guess yeah. that helps it make sense. But uh, so when I was 13 years old, my dad was a youth pastor um, and he was fired from his job because he was caught in an affair. Mm. Um, and when the <clears throat> when the people at the church had found out about it, uh, they were they found out before my mom did. Um, and so they brought the information to my mom and presented her with basically, a, if you decide to leave him, like it's okay, like, we'll support you, we'll, like, move you and your family. I was, you know, 13, my brother was a teenager, my sister was little, and, you know, we'll support you, we'll move you all the way back to, like, where your parents live, like, whatever you want to do, whatever that works best for you. Um, And they were just so ready to, like, to to bring us in and to take care of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But if uh, my mom decided to stay with my dad, uh, that they wanted us to leave the church because that was going to be too harmful for the reputation of the church to be able to have my dad like stickering around. Um, and so my mom decided that she did want to try to work things out with my dad. And so she stayed with my dad. Um, and the church pretty much cast us out. And as a 13 year old who was about to be launched into high school and who was also homeschooled at the time and had all of my friends in the church, that meant I just lost everything that I had known. All of like the community and all of my friendships, like pretty much that was just the dead end of all of those things. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was really hard. And I was cast into high school just like feeling confused and broken yeah. and um, abandoned by the church and, but also like getting thrown into like a new church and like, okay, I guess mm-hmm. we're going to keep going. Like it didn't, I just didn't have any like frame of, I don't know what we're doing anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think outwardly, all I really understood at this point about like sexuality is that uh, I shouldn't have sex before marriage and that. You know, I shouldn't wear leggings without a shirt long enough to cover my butt and, you know, all of those kinds the of things. The important things. Yeah, the important yeah. things, right? Um, but inwardly, um, at this point, I, like, started to remember um, pornography that I had been exposed to by accident by my dad um, when I was really young. And so I was having all of these, like, vivid, like, memories of things that were happening. Um, and then the only hope that I was being presented to me in youth group was like, well, you know, like someday, like 
maybe you'll be married and then everything, like your sexuality, everything's fine. Like you'll have an outlet, whatever it's Wow. Like. And so, but marriage seemed like terrifying and unsafe because like you could get cheated on. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really know if I want that. Wow. <laughs> so you were kind of stuck in this place with no support, no good options, no good options. no way to process. Mm-mm, nothing wow. at all. And so I think that that kind of just like, I just kind of stifled that because I didn't have anything. I didn't know what to do with that. Um, mm. And then the only thing my relationship with the Lord consisted of was like, trying to be good and perfect and make good grades and be nice to people and all of those like different very like shallow things honestly um because I think that at the end of the day I thought that if I was really really good that eventually God would have to fix my family and to fix my dad and to like repair all of these things that were not being repaired that had only significantly like gotten worse throughout high school and And that was really heavy for your teenage shoulders Mm -hmm. very heavy for my teenage shoulders and I really did think that that would be the case that if I did you know it would be enough for just me to do enough that God would want to fix my family yeah um yeah and but instead that's actually not what happened at all and uh (laughs) not at all right and I got into my freshman year of college and instead of anything getting better my dad left and he pretty much decided that was you know he was done trying that he didn't love my mom that the bachelor life was not or that the family man life was not for him the bachelor life was more Mm. well suited for him um, and so he left, and that was not what I expected. And at that point, I expected life to be a lot more different by then. Um, and so I think that because God didn't restore my parents' marriage or my family or anything like that, even though I felt like I had done everything right, I felt like God had failed me. Wow. Um, and I really kind of felt like I was at this point like, okay, clearly I'm the only one that takes care of me. Like, I'm the only one who's ever going to look out for myself. Like. I, you know, I had to be completely responsible. And then I kind of decided from there, like, if that's the case, if I'm going to take care of myself completely, then like everything is going to be lawful for me. I'm not going to restrict myself from things Mm. anymore because like, I'm the only one looking out for me anyway. So like, God's not looking out for me. My dad isn't looking out for me, you know, all of those things. That was really not helpful. (laughs) I can, were you mad at God? Okay. Yeah, I was mad at God. I think I felt like betrayed by him honestly I yes, feel like that's a good word he didn't yeah I did what I held up my end of the bargain and he didn't hold up his is kind of how it felt um of a bargain you had in your head exactly he, yeah got it exactly not his bargain my bargain <laughs> sure but at, for a teenager who's trying to make oh, sense yeah. of the world that that, makes that's sense. what makes sense yeah and so and then I felt like kind of betrayed by the church because I felt yeah. like if this was wrong that was all they ever taught me so I felt like they gave me false ideas about what being good would do for what God would do for me. And so I felt even more abandoned and betrayed by the church. Um, I feel like I could not talk to my family about any of this because I felt like I still was holding the weight of my family and making sure my mom was okay and my little sister was doing okay and all of the things that really weren't my responsibility or my burden to bear. But I felt, I really, really felt like it was. Um... Yeah, and so I think I just kind of, like, turned my back for a second and right. kind of just decided it wasn't really worth it uh, mm-hmm. to try to, like, pursue what it, yeah that relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really only was for a second, but, like, it was long enough for me to kind of just fully rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if I, I was going to be responsible for myself, then I was not going to, like, restrict myself from, like, watching rated on movies because, like, that was something I, you know, didn't let myself do in high school mm. and God didn't reward me for it. So I was going to watch rated R movies because mm. <laughs> I was so powerful, you know, <laughs> so life giving. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
And I, then I realized I had like a lot of questions about sexuality that I just didn't understand. And so I think I, I just started doing a lot of research. Mm. And eventually I came across a BuzzFeed article about women and masturbation. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just talked about like women's like sexual liberation. Mm. Um, and basically like explained how like sexual expression is like quote unquote a part of personal expression and mm. how like sexual experimentation is the only way that you can like fully understand that part of like your identity <gasps> wow which not true um they talked about how like uh, ex- understanding that part of yourself doesn't hurt anyone you know that it was that um it only has to do with me no one else even has to really know about it and yeah. so um, that I should like take control and take ownership and understand myself and wow. that the language was very, very, very liberating. Um, and I felt so like boxed in by something that never seemed to help me before. So I was like, oh, that sounds good. That sounds Wow. Good. Yeah. That is crazy. And there's something about reading something that makes it feel true because yeah. it's in print. Exactly. So Ooh. true. And knowing so many women, like that was like, they had testimonies of women like, yeah, I felt so boxed in and now I feel like so much more liberated in my sexuality and that like, that just the language of like liberation being tied to sexuality, it like seemed very like freeing and like life giving, yeah. but in reality it is like more enslaving than anything else. Yeah. Ooh. But I didn't know that then. <laughs> okay, so that opened a door. That definitely opened a door. And so um, from that point on, that was in my freshman year of college, I developed a habit of masturbation that mm. continued um, pretty much almost all the way through college um, and like still continues to be like a really hard um, mm-hmm. battle because it was a habit for such a long time. Yeah. Um, because I mean, like, it's like a biological thing. Like it's meant to be like self-soothing, like, um, it can cure cramps and like headaches and like all of these things. Um, but I think mostly, I think that I was making excuses because like, it really is mostly just a really great distraction from like the crippling loneliness and like (gasps) the confusion of like everything that was happening in my life, you know? Wow. It was kind of just the ability to take, you know, myself into my own hands, like take control of my life in that way. Yeah. So it's like an in the moment thing, but but in the grand scheme of things, would you say it's like putting a band-aid on cancer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> wow. Exactly. It actually does nothing. And even if it is like a comfort for a moment to be able to like have control of something, the immediate after effect is, oh no, I'm still alone here. Wow. You know? Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. So so it's almost like you were in this hard place mm. you read this article you're like this is the answer <laughs> sounds right <laughs> and then after experience experiencing that for a while you're like oh plot twist it does nothing <laughs> right. yep. to re- heal the real hurts and so enter jesus time and what how did how did a relationship with him and time with him and listening to him change that for you mm-hmm. yeah um i think it's kind of a weird transition because it feels like I just like built into this habit and then all of a sudden it felt like I just kind of hit this wall of like, okay, I need to make a decision. Like, am I going to like turn my back on like everything that has to do with Jesus and church and all of these things? Mm. Um, or maybe I think that the Holy Spirit just kind of started pricking at my heart of like, well, maybe I just like don't know enough. Like maybe like, maybe I should just look into like who Jesus is on my own because I like... I don't agree with what I've been taught for sure, oh. but maybe there's more to it than that. You know? So now instead of searching and 
researching sexuality, mm-hmm. you're like, that didn't help me. Right. <laughs> Not helpful. Let me go back to this Jesus guy that even though he hurt me, maybe there's more than what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Fair. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of just started, I think it was by the end of my freshman year, I started reading the Bible for myself for the first mm. time. Um, and I think, I mean, yeah, the Lord was just so kind to like immediately like help me to connect with like, there's so many truths about who Jesus is as like the the only justifier and the only source of like satisfaction and mm. um, the only heavenly father and like all of these things. It just painted this picture of like who Jesus is in ways I'd never experienced any of those things of Jesus's character wow. before. Um, and I realized that it wasn't, you know, necessary. Like it wasn't that my life was just so awful and so hard that like sure. I was at a disadvantage. <laughs> Um, but more so it was that I had never sought satisfaction from the Lord. And so whether my life had gone really, really well or really, really terribly, I like had not experienced a father. I had like a Jesus shaped hole in my heart that I just wasn't going to fill either way. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that was really helpful, but then I feel like the, I, I like surrendered my life to Christ, I, I believe, for the first time at that point, because I actually knew who he was at that point. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to pursue a relationship with God the way that I did in high school that was like pretty much just based on what I did and nothing else, and mm. following a bunch of rules and hoping for the best, you know? Right. Um, but I like wanted to want what he wanted, and I wanted to like have my heart and my understanding shaped by his. <laughs> and yeah, I wanted... Yeah, I just wanted everything to be different this time if I was, like, really going to do this, if that makes sense. Having your heart and your understanding shaped by Him. Mm -hmm. I don't want to forget that. That's really amazing and important. It's very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so after, I, I think I, after the introduction of, like, okay, now I have relationship with Jesus... Also, I have this habit of masturbation mm. and I was like, I just, I just knew like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I know that these two cannot coexist. Mm. Like it just, there's so much shame about it that I'm like, if it's really liberating, like why do I feel so shameful about this and don't want to tell anyone, you know? Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, and I think that like, I mean, the Holy Spirit was prompting like that, that was not something that like he had for me and right. Um, and I wanted answers, but it's really, really hard to find answers. And I had no community at all whatsoever. No community. Um, and so I remember I, I had one friend from high school that, like, one night um, we were hanging out. And I, like, mentioned it to her. And <laughs> she pretty much was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I do that too. Like, uh, pretty much was just like, yeah, I don't think they talk about it in the Bible. So I think it's okay. <laughs> okay. Fair. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And so I was like, oh. Good enough for me. Sounds great. And so it kind of just the habit. Just I just didn't open the box back up and just kind of like went with it for a minute. Um, so you had Jesus and this. Mm-hmm. Okay, going right. at the same time. Going at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Not sustainable. Okay. <laughs> Not sustainable. And I think because it it just created this giant shameful mental block where it's in the back. Like I was saying, no, I, the Bible doesn't talk about it. I think it's fine. But every time that it was like an increased habit, it kept me from coming to the Lord because I was so shameful about it. And I just felt like I couldn't talk to God about that part of my sexuality because it didn't feel right, you know? Mm. It didn't feel like that fit with, yeah, his plan for me. So so even though the Bible doesn't talk about that Mm. in your relationship with God, you started to feel like, I don't think I can have both. Mm-hmm. 
and it became something that would keep you from God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So let's keep going. What yeah. happened? <laughs> so I started to do a little bit more like intensive research about it. Ooh, yeah. I started, okay. the Lord was very gracious to me because I feel like an internet research that could have gone very south because <laughs> that's why we were in this boat in the first place, you yeah. know? <laughs> Um, but I started to, to research it and, um, yeah, I, I basically did find that, uh, masturbation is against the Bible because even though the word isn't specifically used in the Bible, um, I learned more specifically about God's design for sex and like what that was oh, supposed to be. okay. Um, and sex is, and you know, God's picture and like grand plan for sex is so much more than just not hurting anyone or selfishness or pleasure seeking. Oh. But if God's design for sexuality is more about teaching us about himself and about sacrificial love and it has nothing to do with self-seeking interests or identity at all. It has nothing to do with those things. That blows my mind. <laughs> because whenever you hear some like sexual sin or mm-hmm. masturbation, you think, oh, it's just dirty. I feel like mm-hmm. the church lady, I don't know if you remember this old SNL skit, Dana Carvey would dress up like the church lady. And it <laughs> yeah. was hysterical. And just a a pearl clutching, oh, that's just dirty and that's just sinful and how Mm. can you even do that? But God's heart, it sounds like from what you're saying, it's like Mm. you are settling for a cheap imitation Mm. of something beautiful and fulfilling that I have for you. There's more. Mm -hmm. Come get the real thing. Wait for the real thing. And that's a different posture Mm -hmm. that I think is life-giving. You used that word before. Mm -hmm. And that's incredible. So how did that change your mind? Yeah, I think that it it just helps me to realize that, like, it was kind of like the, in Romans it talks about, like, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. And so it was changing everything about, like, you know, anything that I do that's just because, like, it tech quote unquote doesn't hurt anyone or like just because like it, you know, it's like, like completely like self-seeking. Like it is only for my own interest and like, it doesn't serve the body of Christ. It doesn't serve Christ as an honor Christ, like none of those things. And so, and like, if I was really taking in a lot about God's design for sex, like in marriage and like what he like really meant for that, and all of the criteria for like what God meant for sex and marriage did not fit like for masturbation, like not wow. even a little bit. It was the complete opposite. Um, and so it was still confusing because I, I just had built this habit. So I'm like, okay, now I know for sure this is not it. Mm. But now well, like, what do I do? Like, how do I stop? Yeah, right. <laughs> Good question. Right, right. And I feel like the more that I like, just like really just try to muscle through it, kind of the worst that, that it got because I was like relying on my own like wow. strength and even asking the Lord to just like take it away. I think my understanding was that like, God didn't want me to be tempted, but that the reality is like that God will allow me to be tempted. And he says that he'll allow me to be tempted, but that he um, will be faithful to provide a way, a way of escape. escape. Right? Oh, that's so good. And I just was like, I don't really know what that escape is though. <laughs> I feel really confused. <laughs> um, and so, and I think the, the aspect that I was missing at that point was that I needed to have accountability and community. <sighs> Um, and people to talk to about it. Wow, and to be honest with, and mm-hmm. that's very courageous because from your previous church hurts, mm-hmm. church community was not a safe place. Mm-mm, not at all. And I think especially with sexual sin, like because yeah. that's where it all started, and, and everyone treated it like it was like, a, oh my gosh, how dare he do that? None of us do that. Like you know, that's why they cast him out because it was like hurting the reputation. So Ooh. I was like, oh. wow. 
And it felt shameful too to like, you know, like no sin, like sexual sin had like destroyed my family. And now to know that I was caught in a habit of like, not the exact same sin, but the, the same genre of sin, you know, of like sexual sin and how like it hurt the heart of God and like mm. that it was like still disobedient and like, yeah, it hurts people still. Mm. Um, and so, but I think that I really, I mean, I genuinely felt like the only women who like struggled with this would be like the women who are like fighting for sexual liberation and who like don't care about what God thinks at all. Um, I didn't think that any other Christian women struggled with it at all. Wow. So you really felt alone in this. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, completely alone. Um, but so then pretty much at this point, I started my, in my sophomore year, I started going to the Navigators as a student. Yeah. And uh, I like kind of went through the whole year. I like started being discipled by somebody um, and I was really plugged into a Bible study and I was learning so much. Like it was just like a greenhouse for me of like understanding the Lord more. Yeah. Um, but I didn't open myself up to talking about like that other like hidden part mm. of my life because I just really, no one else was talking about it. So I still felt like no one else dealt with it. And mm. um, so I was just kind of immersed in this habit that I felt mm. too ashamed to talk about mm. and too ashamed to ask for help. Um, and so... Uh, I think I, I think it was the summer after my sophomore year. It had gotten like somewhat better, but it kind of just like went in phases of like a couple months of freedom and feeling like it was over and then jumping right back into it and then feeling worse than it had ever been before. Mm. Um, and the summer after my sophomore year, I went to Tennessee with the Navigators for a summer, summer training program that mm-hmm. they have. And like the third night that we were there, we were like put on little teams with like a team leader and like two other women on my team as like mm-hmm. members. Um, and my team leader sat us down and was like, okay, we're going to talk about, like, sexual wholeness and, like, the darkest ways. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you have no idea. Like, wow. I'm not talking about this. Like. Okay, so you were not excited that <laughs> no. she said that you're, like, retreating into a shell yourself. Yeah, because I think women, like, for women, I had heard that, like, oh, like, impure thoughts and, like, or, like, having trouble, like, having boundaries with a boyfriend. But I feel like those things made sense to me. But masturbation felt, like, icky and, like, not okay. Aww. And so I just felt like there was no way in the world that anyone was going to talk about it. Um, but then my team leader just, like, was very bold. And she, like, shared her testimony with us. And she shared that she struggled with masturbation. Or that she had struggled with masturbation. Wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. There's another. I can tell her. Like, she knows. This is crazy. <laughs> Um, and so I think I like had devised like okay after this like after we talk like I'll I'll tell my team later but I'm not telling anyone else like I'm only gonna tell her because she understands. Uh, but then like the next girl on my team went and like shared her story and she also struggled with it and the next girl went and she also struggled with it and I was lost. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, there's literally no point in me not telling them. And so I told them and they were the first people that I had like really opened up to except for that friend who like you know was pretty much like oh well it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and the first people that were like fighting for it too um and to know that they like yeah like some of them were like had struggled with it in the past and some of them were actively still struggling with it but it was like the first time I was like oh my gosh I'm not alone and it just like I yeah it just felt like everything exploded like that just felt like a fireworks moment for me really oh yeah so what were the feelings in that moment relief relief it was like the the feeling of like shame of like this icky gross thing that only I struggled with I was like oh my gosh there's at least three other women (laughs) who like struggle with it too and it just felt like the shame was completely removed wow and it felt like a place that I had always been hiding I like didn't have to and like could talk openly about it and they not only like would hear me but they understood and it, it was just that was like 
I had been like fighting for like freedom and liberation, you know, and all of this. And that was like the first time I think I really truly felt liberation, you know, wow. ever in my life. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And so it sounds like that was the turning point mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, that was definitely the turning point. I like, after that point, like other women at the program, like also talked about mm-hmm. their struggles with that. And we had like a, a large group, like women's conversation about it. Um, and then I came home and I, like my disciple, like finally asked me about it (laughs) (laughs) and then shared that she had struggled with it. And so I got to tell her and then we got to walk through it like together, like one-on-one. Um, and she like provided me accountability in a way that I'd never experienced before, Mm -hmm. but without making me feel like shameful anytime I like fell back into it, but rather like, like, uh, encouraged me and strengthened me and like built me back up and set me back out. If that makes sense. Oh, so again, help us out. What was the... What was her tone? What was her wording? What mm. would she say or ask you mm. that was helpful and not hurtful? Mm. I think that we, so when we met every week, we met every Tuesday night, uh-huh. um, she, I, we would do some life sharing, whatever. And then eventually like in the, like, okay, did you do your scripture memory? How quiet time spend? Then she would ask me like, how's like sexual wholeness been? How's that been for you? And then if I shared like, yeah, no, I like, I feel back into it. Like on this day or whatever, she wanted me to like be really specific with her. She'd be yeah. like, yeah. And she had, um, uh, Psalm 119, uh, like parts of it memorized. And she would always like repeat back to me, like, how can a young man make his way pure by guarding your, like guarding my heart according to your word. Um, and this is like with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not turn away from your commandments. Um, and that, that she just would kind of like quote that to me often. And that was just a reminder of like, not like, okay, try harder next week, but rather it was like a turn, like come closer to the Lord, like draw near again. Wow. Like, wow. You know, don't turn away from him. Like for fear that you like have to hide again, but like come back. Gosh, that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the exact thing mm-hmm. that you did before that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Your own strength. Yeah. It's not about it's not about more effort, it's about more Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And that like the mm-hmm. whole point of like seeing God for who he really is, mm-hmm. that it, I mean one it should make us turn away like the the reaction of seeing God in his perfection and like in his holiness and in his purity should be like, "Oh my gosh, I am so impure." But rather than like, okay, no, I need to try harder. It should be like, I want to draw closer, make me more like you. You know, that the, let those things rub off on me. And the more time that I spend with you, like, would you make my heart like yours? And that that is like true repentance. Wow. Wow. And what a, what a skillful strategy of the enemy mm-hmm. that shame causes us to do the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I read this, some quote, where religion says, oh no, I messed up, I better not tell my dad. Mm. But for the Christian, it's, oh no, I messed up, I better call my dad. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like that that shift mm-hmm. in your life. Okay, so she's telling you these things to go back to God. Mm-hmm. Don't hide from him, just keep going, let him transform you. Mm-hmm. And that was, so what happened after that? After yeah. that, I think that it was like, having her hold me accountable not to like how many times I messed up in a week but rather like how much I was time I was spending with Jesus and like she you know she did keep me accountable and she asked me about it and we talked about it and we read scriptures about it but I think her emphasis was more on like continuing to grow 
my like perspective of Jesus and his grace mm. um, and just wanting to draw me near and like put me back at the, like the foot of the cross oh. every single time. And if I could do that, then, you know, Beautiful. that would be the way that I find freedom. You know? Yeah. 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 And that was helpful. Yeah. It was really helpful. Cause okay. I think that it like kind of built a, a habit in me, honestly, cause I think it would be, continue to be, and I am continually tempted by this sin. Like, but if I can continue to be tempted and even sometimes continue to fall into it. And if I can make a habit of instead of running away and fearing what he'll say and, wow. and fearing his disappointment, but instead like run to the father and like, Lord, I, I like, I can't, like, I'm so weak. I mess up all the time, but you're so good. And I know that you've forgiven me and thank you that you've forgiven me. And just like the, remembering like the adoration and like, um, Thanksgiving when I come to the Lord instead of like just like I'm really sorry I didn't forget you know like yes just drawing near because in the adoration and Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. you focus on his character Mm -hmm. wow and even you use the word habit Mm -hmm. a couple times you built that habit yeah so you replaced one life draining habit Mm -hmm. with a life giving habit yeah (coughs) wow Mm -hmm. so how how are things now? What's yeah. next? Yeah. <laughs> now, I think that, like, it's been really cool to to be on staff and to, this is, like, a huge, <coughs> huge area of, like, talking to other, like, students about, because oh, yeah. students want to talk about it all the time, and I never, ever, I think I would feel like I failed mm-hmm. <laughs> as a, like, in ministry if I ever had a woman say to me that she felt alone in her walk with sexual wholeness because she never heard anyone talk about it, you know? Mm. So I'm like, I want to talk about it all the time. Yay! <laughs> if Woo-hoo! it's appropriate timing, we're going to talk about it. And I, you know, to be able to lead um, with vulnerability of like, mm. not that like, oh, I like found Jesus and then I stopped and it went away and I've never been tempted since, but rather like not only like sharing my testimony as often and as appropriate like timing you know, yes. as I can, um, but also to be able to vulnerably share, like, yeah, temptation is huge and it's hard. And, and it, it doesn't go away because go away. you're a healthy, red-blooded woman. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it should. Like, that. it's yeah. like God's grace and God's mercy because God's design for sex wasn't for it to not, you know, it's not, oh, that was such a helpful tool. I mean, I'm forgetting it. Um, oh, that, like, sex drive. It's not a, like, a switch that you flip on and off, like, mm. in your humanity, just because you're a Christian, that, like, when you're single, the switch, sex drive is flipped off, but when you're married, you're supposed to just flip it on, and it's supposed to be great, and, like, wow. you're just supposed to be good, and, like, you know, <laughs> it's supposed to be fine. I love that picture, because <laughs> when you say it like that, yes, that's ridiculous. Right, exactly. And it's not wow. supposed to be that way. If God wanted it to be that way, then he would make it that way, but that isn't. He created us. You know, you go through puberty and then it appears. Like, you have a sex drive, you know, that's just mm. where it comes. Wow. And that's, like, part of our humanity because it's more than mm. just pleasure, you know? It's about sacrifice mm. and it's about, like, laying yourself down, like, before other people and how God laid himself down, like, for his people. Wow. And it has so much more to do with just, like, sex itself and pleasure, you know? And that goes back to what you said at the very beginning, how mm. God is purposeful. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just do one thing. Mm-hmm. When something's happening in your life, whenever he has issued a command, mm-hmm. it's not just for one thing. Right. It's for all the things. All the things. And that also makes me love how you have phrased uh, how you have phrased the goal, sexual wholeness. Mm-hmm. The goal is not to avoid sin. Mm-hmm. The goal is to be sexually whole mm-hmm. because that's God's design. Mm-hmm. And that is such a shift mm-hmm. from <laughs> Don't sin. Right. Don't sin. Gosh, that's not helpful. Right. No. <laughs> that's not helpful. Because our focus is on what? 
sin. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, so is there anything else that you wanted to share or any other notes that you had about this topic or anything else with Jesus time? Yeah. I think I'd say that, um, nothing ever changed for me until I desired most of all to have my heart shaped by Jesus. And I think that when I was in the mindset of like, you know, again, not like hurting anyone or like Mm. um, technicalities of like technically it's not talked about or technically it's Mm. not wrong. And like, technically does it fall into the like, you know, drying umbrella of sexual immorality? Right. Um, That, you know, that like kind of just like kept my like shame about everything front and center. Um, but the rather that like when we like give our hearts over to the Lord, that that means like we're willing to like give him whatever the things that we're like holding on to so tightly. And for me, that was just my like sexuality in general and like my, you know, my desire for like section intimacy and that like, you know, I'm still not married and that, you know, for a long time it was like, oh my gosh, will that ever be fulfilled? But rather that like to know that that is still uh, an area of my heart that like the Lord is still using as like a single woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has purpose for it right now, not just in the future of maybe when I get married someday, you know? Right. Because then, and that's another lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that before. Oh, when you get married, you'll be fine. Right. Which is <laughs> false. <laughs> I've been married for 25 years mm-hmm. and it can still be a struggle to Mm -hmm. look for sexual wholeness in other ways. Oh, yeah. And it just, and you're right, if outside of knowing God's heart Mm -hmm. and his design and his heart behind the design, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, we can be tempted and swayed and fall into things that are life-draining, not Mm life-giving. And I love how you said it. Nothing changed until I allowed my heart to be shaped by Jesus. Mm-hmm. He wants all of us, mm-hmm. all of us for all our good, it. our good mm-hmm. in his glory. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. incredible, Emma. Yeah. Wow. It's really on the roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still on the roller coaster, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah definitely still on the roller coaster. Yeah. This side of heaven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that that, you know, I have no idea like how much like temptation the Lord will allow me to endure for the rest of my life. You know, it could be a temptation that I like always have right. or like always have with varying degrees at least. Yeah. Um, but I think finally like realizing, and I think it's been especially like this year that I like have really been like focusing in on how God doesn't just desire you know, me to like, okay, I've been good for 90 days or, you know, however long that I can like stretch it, you know, he doesn't care so much about like how, how good I can be or how long I can make it without falling back into it again or how often I like give into temptation. But, um, I think that that like has been a really sweet reminder of like David being like called a man after God's own heart, not because he like got really good at like not giving into a sin, but the way that he like came back and repented and like rededicated himself into the Lord and put him, you know, used like his sin after repenting to build God's kingdom after that, you know? Wow. And to share, I mean, even the Psalms, like all of us can connect with the Psalms of like, God, like, please make, like, create in me, like, a, a pure heart, like, or, like, to talk about, like, God, I'm, like, I keep sinning, and, like, many are my sins, and, wow. um, 
and even like all of the emotions all of the emotions that like he like wrote in the psalms that like Mm -hmm. some of those came out of like his own like suffering that was done against him and uh, some of them were because of the suffering that he faced from his own sin right and but like god Mm -hmm. he was a man after god's own heart because of his heart of repentance and the Mm -hmm. way that he turned back to god and didn't flee from him right and even in his whatever emotion and struggle he was in he always processed with God. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. God wants our intimacy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So what advice would you give to anybody hearing this podcast who is struggling with, mm-hmm. whether it's masturbation or um, any kind of, I don't know, like having sex with someone they shouldn't or feel or whatever, living outside of God's design or mm-hmm. feeling shame. What advice would you give? Mm-hmm. To tell someone who you know has a, I mean, a biblical understanding of God's design for sex. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to tell someone and to like kind of break that shame bubble. Ooh, break and, the shame bubble. <laughs> break the shame bubble. Love it. <laughs> and just allow someone to even just hear that that's where you're at and that that's what you're struggling with because, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to confess our sins to one another. Mm-hmm. The New Testament talks about that so much. Um, because that like brings freedom, even just having someone else know and to know that it is not fully in the dark anymore. Um, because I feel like it yep. feels like a, a giant, I don't know where you're at. It feels like it can be like a really small step or like a really huge, massive step for me. It was a huge, massive step. Right. But that like, um, where there's light, there can be no darkness at all. You know, the light mm. overcomes the darkness and the darkness has no part of the light. You know, like all of those things that like John and First John talk about with the light mm-hmm. um, is that once it's in the light, like it cannot like remain in darkness. Yeah. Um, and so even if that person isn't going to be like the person who like disciples you through it and like, you know, helps mm-hmm. you like get to a place of like freedom and, and have a right perspective and a right heart towards it. Um, that even just bringing it into the light um, and allowing the Lord mm. to do whatever he will do in the light is, mm. yeah, definitely first step. Wow. And then what's the wisdom in who you tell? Mm. Definitely someone who has a, uh, that you know has like a, a biblical perspective on sex. So who's not going to say like, oh yeah, like, like my experience. Where like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not in the Bible, so it's probably fine, yes, you know. we're good to go. Yeah. But somebody who like you trust like can exhort you and that will mm-hmm. tell you even a, the hard thing of like the, either the hard wisdom of like where to go next or just somebody who can bear with you and say like, yes, thank you for telling me. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, who can like level with you. And it's hard because sometimes you know that that person has, maybe struggled with it too and so you like maybe feel more freedom but sometimes you don't know yes and it's still obedience and faithfulness to to bring it into the light with anyone that you know can exhort you and then what advice would you give to someone who is that person Mm. who someone else is coming to Mm -hmm. because i know a lot of christians a lot of you know my sisters in christ who they're always like well what do i do with this like Mm -hmm. it's sin so should I condemn it, but not the person? And mm. help us out. Help us know what is the right thing to say mm-hmm. <laughs> in that moment. Yeah, I think to level, I like to, or no, I would say first to thank them for sharing and being vulnerable, mm. um, and recognizing the courage that it takes to do that and to break that bubble. Awesome. Um, and then after that, I think. Um, to make sure to reiterate like what the truth of the gospel is and that like 
yeah, you are not bound to this. Like, mm. this is not, like, even if you're still actively walking in it, you are not bound to it. Like, wow. you have, like, the freedom of the gospel. The Lord is not disappointed in you, like, affirming, like, that God loves you. You're God's child, and God mm. wants you to draw near. And, like, the Lord wants you to to come home and to not hide from Him. Oh, the Lord wants you to come home and not hide from Him. That is that is gold. Thank you so much. Oh, I love that. And even what you shared earlier about vulnerable leadership. Mm-hmm. That is powerful leadership. Mm-hmm. Emma, I cannot thank you enough for your testimony, <laughs> for your courage um, on this podcast, just sharing it with just people who really need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Whatever side you are on in this struggle, gosh, it is a common struggle. Mm-hmm. Wow. Any last words before we sign off? Mm. How can a young man uh, keep his way keep pure? His <laughs> By guarding it according to his word. Okay. Or I will put yeah. that psalm in the description so we, yes, can, so we can be meditating. Probably not all of it, but maybe a little bit of it. I'll just, just a reference <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, we'll, we will definitely do that. And that's Psalm 119. Yeah. So we'll, we'll look that up for our, for our listeners. Mm. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for my Jesus time people... If you are listening, you know how to get a hold of me if you wanted to uh, call or text or message me or whatever. If you have any other questions, I can be liaison between you guys and Emma um, or even if you just want me to pray for you or anything. Um, I love you guys so much and I love that our God is big enough and powerful enough and loving enough to walk with us through the hard things and keep us close to him. Mm. All right, love you guys. God bless.